Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava Jesus Christ. Please be seated. He who hires servants will see to it that he has vintage at vintage time. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. This parable is, comes from the lips of our Lord, and uh, we have to think who is he talking to? Is he talking to the twelve apostles? Is he talking to a group of men who are working in the vineyard picking the grapes? Or is he talking to all of us? I think he's talking to all of us. Now, during these Sundays, we have been emphasizing in the Gospel readings the vineyard. And we know from John's Gospel that we are the vineyard. But we're also the workers. And also we are the evangelizers. So he's saying to all of us, he wants us to work hard in the vineyard so that he has a good harvest of souls in the kingdom of heaven. That's what parables do. They're not exactly literal. They always have another meaning. And that's the way Jesus taught us. He gave us sometimes double meanings so that we could think about it and figure out what the message was. Well, the message is this. We should be spreading the gospel and the teachings of the church. In the early church, I was talking to the one of the gentlemen who were on retreat here that uh, it was remarkable how quickly Christianity spread in the then known world around the Mediterranean. And uh, Christ uh, gave us his teachings, and the apostles had the the written down, and that's how we got the New Testament. They took recorded his teachings, and then they went about preaching them to different places, taught the world about God. It was remarkable because most of the Mediterranean world was converted in less than a couple of years. Just a couple of years. And then, of course, the great patristic age 
Jesus the Great, great theologian, great Jesse Anson. They were also great preachers. But they began to experience opposition sometimes, especially from those in political power. Because the emperor was a pagan and superstitious, and he thought that the pagan gods and the Roman gods uh, had to be uh, honored. It took a while for Constantine to come to the throne and his sister, and they were converted. Emperor and sister, empress, and they brought Christian missionaries to the whole world, to the whole world, in their empire. And so we read that by the fourth century, there was a large Christian community in England and other different places in Europe and down into Africa and over somewhat into Asia Minor. Remarkable. Most of them had to walk. They didn't have the communication we have now, but they had the gift about their communication. The Holy Spirit was with them so that when they spoke, their words were graced by God and converted the hearts and minds of men. Well, that was a long time ago, supposedly, we think. But 2,000 years ago is not so long ago. The world as it stands is not very informed. So those things that Jesus was to ask us to preach, peace among men, generosity to the poor, and the worship of its Heavenly Father, they're largely given lip service. Sometimes I listen to our politicians, the brothers don't like me to talk politics in the monastery, so I don't do that, maybe individually in one of them or something. But our political system is failing. Our monetary system is failing. And the Eastern Bloc, Eastern Europe, is establishing its own currency. And getting together, forming a bloc. And for a while, we thought we had the monopoly on all that because we were the smartest kids on the block. And we are and have been the smartest kids on the block. But now there are others who may be smarter than us. I think God gave us all these gifts, the United States, to preach his gospel, to unite the churches into the one holy Catholic and apostolic church to live a Christian devout life. 
Sometimes we are accused of being Christians an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning, but we go out and live like pagans the rest of the week or the year. I hope that's not true. That would be the bad news, wouldn't it? And we want to hear the good news, how we fulfill the message of Christ and the gospel and that we are apostles. Now, all of us are usually thinking about our personal life. And uh, sometimes that preoccupies us a great deal. But the person you should be thinking about, your tremendous thought patterns, your tremendous up, uh, obsession, which always be God. Why is that? Well, you're not going to be here long. You're not going to found a movement that will last much longer than you. But you can do a lot by your example and by your holy words and your prayer life. So, you say, well, I don't have any power. You do have power. The power of a baptized Christian confirmed to do the job of evangelization was fed in the body and blood of the Lord is a powerful person. But we're fearful. People may think we're religious nuts or something. Well, that's okay, as long as you're right. We have a lot of material successes in our country. Lots of gadgets, lots of inventions. But how do we affect our neighbor? And do we need all these things? I think what we need is a profound spiritual life. I told you in other homilies, oh, last week or so, about really holy people I've met. I talked about Terence Cardinal Cook, who ordained me. He's a, he's a blessed now. And I talked about seeing Bishop Sheen. He's up for canonization. And they were walking around and I, at the time I was in the seminary, they'd come there once in a while, and we got to see them. What were they like? Dedicated very much to the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Knowledgeable of the gospel. Could speak beautiful words to us, building our faith. Now, were they extraordinary? I think they were not extraordinary. I think they cooperated with the grace that God gave them, and their works became extraordinary in their preaching of the Holy Catholic faith. 
So don't say to me, you can't do it. You can. You must be apostolic. You must preach the gospel. By your patience, your love, your kindness, and your deep prayer. I was a uh, church when I was little. He always told us, uh, say the morning offering and the evening prayers. And uh, uh, that, that was a miraculous contrition. That was enough. That's not enough. You'll slide. You just talk to the Lord from your heart. Read your scriptures. Say beautiful words to him. And he will teach you a lot of things. So I'm reading a little book now uh, written by a nun. And she's talking about the mystical life. And she says in this little book, everybody is called to be a mystic. Well, that's true. We're all given those gifts, but do we develop them? You know, when I was uh, young and I played in the Norfolk Symphony Orchestra in England, I had to practice five hours a day. If I skipped one day, it wasn't too bad. If I skipped two days, I knew I wasn't at my best. If I skipped three days, everybody knew I wasn't at my best. I wouldn't pick up the violin these days because I probably traced all the bugs and cats out of the county. I'm not what I used to be. Why? Neglect. Prayer is just like that. You say, Father wants us to do all these things, but I remember my dad I come home from church on Sunday. I had the habit of preaching to the family. And he says to me, uh, and I try to encourage them to reach out, you know. And we were in a pretty Catholic community. I was raised back east. I think 80% of the town was Catholic. And they thought, well, they went to church every Sunday and then we came home and had a big dinner. And uh, they said their prayers night and went to holy days. They did all that. I said to them, that's the minimum. I said to my father, did you ever talk to anybody about your faith where you work? He says, no. Did you ever see somebody in trouble and go up and help them? No. So I said, Dad... You sent me to all these Catholic schools to learn all this stuff. I said, why aren't you practicing what you said they taught me? This is not practical. You don't have to be practical. You have to be driven with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and do your duty to bring a word of kindness, love, or healing to your fellow neighbor. And gradually... Bring him to see the light 
of Christ in the Holy Church. It's your vocation. Don't be free. I've been preaching for, what, 55 years? Military all over the place. I used to walk into a restaurant and preach to people. I've always been sort of driven. And I wonder sometimes when I meet people, shouldn't I be saying a word to them about God? They must think I'm just a nut and run away, but maybe they wouldn't. Maybe it would be their only chance for salvation. Because they never had, don't come from a Christian family or a Christian background, and they don't have a chance. You may be the one cause, the angel that comes them and produces faith and grace in their life. Don't be afraid. Let the light of Christ that's in you shine before men. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.